0: So we started recording we nice, recording. Nice. <laughs> we're in a barbershop here at my buddy Nicholas Spector, started out as a client became friends and ended up as a family member so Nick um, I, I Nick I met you when what when you you were in school right oh yeah, you yeah. It was, college or something
1: it was about four four and a half years ago some yeah I was in school. Twenty-one. Twenty-one and
0: young and full of cum. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, man, so listen, I saw you grow tremendously, mentally, physically, spiritually, education, I mean, financially, you you know, you're becoming more of a man and, well, I mean, uh, you know, seeing you grow in front of my eyes, man, I'm 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 extremely proud of you. And you're doing some great things now with um, you know programming, Bitcoin. You did some blogs and stuff in the past, and it was successful. You could talk maybe a little bit about you know what you're doing right
1: now. Yeah. So. Um, so right now, uh, I'm working on a company called CoinDebit, and. We just are releasing the beta versions of this Visa debit card, prepaid, anonymous, that can be loaded with Bitcoin instantly. Wow! So this card can you know you can take your Bitcoin, put it on a Visa within thirty seconds, and go spend it anywhere that accepts Visa, online or in person.
0: Okay. Now, just so notice this is a you know, podcast, we don't have any video right now, but I actually saw you do that just now, and it was about 30 seconds, you know, definitely way less than a minute, and you loaded $100 on the card, and the stuff is like, I was like, what the hell? Excellent, it's just, I think it's fantastic. And that little black, you know, Visa credit card that, you know, you could load with Bitcoin, literally almost instantly, I never saw anything like that, and I think it's phenomenal. Phenomena. So it's a great idea, and, you know, I can't wait to be, you know, to start using it and just to get involved as much as possible.
1: Yeah. It's so who did
0: you give these cards to or who are you giving it to right now? Um, you know, because you gave me a few. I'm going to keep one and
1: give away two. So right now it's like f- it's friends and family, and then we're also, um, I'm also targeting different, like, bitcoiners that are active uh, active in the community at the meetups Twitter um, you know I'm trying I'm trying to kind of target people that that um, actively actively are holding yeah. or trading Bitcoin
0: in the Bitcoin space right now yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that's the that's the best way to, to go about that and um, in the communities Bitcoin communities
1: yeah it, and, it, and it's great because it's it's not hard at all to get people to use these cards cuz you know a lot of people want to hold their you know as much bitcoin as they possibly can
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then they only want to you know spend it as as they need you know they want to they want to hold their net worth in bitcoin and then they don't want to have to sell off large amounts so you could load this card with just as much as you need at at the time and and use it and Sorry, I I didn't mean to think. I just
0: got a question. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, Now, don't get, you know, don't bite my head off, okay? Um, I know George will be mad at me for maybe asking you this question, but um, do you think you would be able to, or people would be able to load other coins on the card and use as cash? Or is it only restricted to Bitcoin? Now, the reason why I'm asking that is because, like, say, some people might have Bitcoin and they don't want to touch it. They don't want to sell it, they don't want to use it they just want to leave their Bitcoin for the kids or whatever like that. Now, if they want to take, say, maybe one or two Bitcoin and convert it into whatever, or just leave the Bitcoin alone and just use another, maybe whatever, you know, cryptocurrency, just to load in a card to use on an everyday basis, would they be able to do that as well too in the future?
1: You know, at the moment, we don't have plans for that. But but, I mean, if someone wanted to, to do that, they could uh, you know they could easily easily use one of these apps that allow you to convert on the spot you know so they could they can go from whatever currency they want into bitcoin and onto the the card very simply maybe adds on like another 30 seconds okay so that's cool so it's you know we 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 understand if people people are kind of you know want to use other coins and and uh right now the flow the great the great thing is is that it's very easy, it's become very easy to exchange in the different coins.
0: So, this, so so. basically, so $100 is $100, right? Yeah. So if somebody have, say, they have $1,000 and they don't have any Bitcoin, to so buy a $1,000 in Bitcoin, and then they can load it on the card, it's still like $1,000. It doesn't matter if Bitcoin is $1 for one Bitcoin or $10,000 for one Bitcoin. $1,000 of Bitcoin is a $1,000 of Bitcoin still, yes?
1: Yeah, I mean, you're you're kind of uh, vulnerable to like price fluctuations in the time that you're doing that. Um, you know, if you buy if you buy, you know if you buy a thousand dollars of Bitcoin, you're gonna instantly see it, it, it either go up or down in the value of you know from a thousand dollars. Right. But then once you, when, whenever you're loading onto the card, you're like you put in the amount that you want to load that you want you know in in U.S. dollars to end up on the card. Mm-hmm. And that whatever amount of Bitcoin it tells you to send is going to be equivalent to thousand dollars at that time. At that time. And and uh, that price that price is going to be locked in for ten minutes. So ten you, minutes. Okay. So you have ten minutes to complete the transaction, okay. and you're locked in. And that price is actually a weighted average of the, like the top ten, I think ten to twenty exchanges in the world. Mm. So you're you're getting you're getting the most accurate. Um, valuation for your bitcoin
0: okay that's cool makes sense you know i was reading something on on coinbase i think yesterday or day before amp um or something like this you ever heard of it no it's a it's supposed to be like a collateralization crypto currency so if you were to try to you see like what you just explained but you have 10 minutes before the um, price may um, you know, change or actually the price might fluctuate before the 10 minutes, but you'll guarantee the price for 10 minutes. Yeah. Yes. So with AMP now, what I was reading, what I think I read was when you do that, say like when you go to buy the Bitcoin before the transaction, it may take 30 minutes for the transaction to actually go through. Right. Yes. Yeah. So they'll use AMP as a collateralization to lock that price in immediately. So they'll use, they'll send as much AMP to um, the, um, the address to hold the price. So that person actually got the money already, but it's just in AMP until the Bitcoin transaction goes through to then put it back in the Bitcoin. So, exact. So it holds it. The sender, the receiver gets AMP immediately. So, whatever Bitcoin and stuff is um, priced there, it doesn't matter with the fluctuation. What you think you're paying or think you're receiving, it's locked in with that collateralization um, crypto. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, I think so. so. So basically while the Bitcoin is, is unconfirmed on right. the, on the blockchain, yes, the AMP goes through to the, the recipient mm-hmm. and they hold it, they hold it as, as collateral basically. And until, until the Bitcoin is, I, is confirmed, like you said, I see. So, so, uh, and, and, and I'm not sure, you know, well, uh, I was just learning about it I said, like yesterday. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm curious about that. Cause because that's kind of good. No, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh it's it's definitely interesting and I wonder, you know, so like AM, I mean, AMPs trading, you know, trading for a certain price, right? Correct. So it's it, it it just matches whatever it's valued at that time. It matches that amount in Bitcoin. And then does it go to like a like some type of smart contract where where uh, the AMP return goes back it to the you know, to the uh, sender? Yeah. Okay.
0: I'm not going to act like I know that much more about it. Um. That's about it so far for me with the you know, A&P. I, You know I'll read up some more and I'll be able to talk a little bit more. But yeah, just you know that's something I was just reading and I found it you know interesting that. It, you could kind of like capture, or lock in a rate, just so you know you kind of guarantee. Because that was always the fear with me with Bitcoin. If I'm trying to sell something and I got to receive Bitcoin, it's like you know depending how much it fluctuates you could lose money before you even completed the sale. Right?
1: Yeah. I yeah. mean,
0: potentially make money too, make more money.
1: Yeah, see, that's, um, I mean, the beauty is, is that there's a lot of merchant services companies for Bitcoin now that are kind of handling that lock-in for you. So, so like, there's that 10-minute that lock-in, you know, that's covered by the merchant services company uh, for us. And
0: but you said 10-minute lock-in. And it could take even longer to, you know, for the Bitcoin to, to transact, right? Hold on a sec. So yeah, I saying with that ten minute lock in, it's for ten minutes, but it could take potentially much longer for Bitcoin to settle in, you know, your account, yeah?
1: Yeah, it, it could. I and, and you know, I uh, I think that once you publish a transaction, even when it's unconfirmed, I I I think that it still locks you in, on that on that 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 amount, um,
0: for longer than ten minutes.
1: Yeah, and I and I'll I'll be honest. I actually, I, I, I had this question this week because I was wondering, if someone were to send a transaction with a small fee, a very small fee that maybe might take even a day to get confirmed, I wonder how my, our merchant services company is going to handle that transaction, and uh, you know these these are questions that that. Uh, you know, we're, 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 we're still solving as well. Um, in the long run, it's not too big of a concern because most people are going to be using Bitcoin Lightning in the coming years. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, most... In the re- Lightning Network? Yeah, the Lightning mm-hmm. Network. And most recently, we're seeing that uh, Cash App implemented Bitcoin Lightning. Uh, the Strike App, which is very popular now for transacting, uh, buying and selling and transacting Bitcoin, is, is you know, using Lightning. Mm. Um, A lot of these apps are natively using lightning and just to give some some background you know Bitcoin lightning is is um, essentially a feature of Bitcoin that allows you to send it with an extremely low fee usually less than a penny and instantly less than a penny yeah to
0: send Bitcoin right
1: yeah
0: well how much Bitcoin Uh,
1: it so that's where it depends on it depends on the network so like the network right now, like the way Lightning works is it's like a peer-to-peer type of thing. Right. You know, think like LimeWire, uh, Napster back in the day where it's like you're downloading, you know, you're connected to a bunch of other people. Right. And, right. you know, you open up these channels with each other to transact. And depending on how much you fund these channels depends on how much, you like, you can transact. So um, so there is limits on Lightning. I have seen give that. Give me an example, please. Oh, like an example of... Uh, yeah,
0: like the, a transaction... Amount or something that'll push it up or you know what I'm saying, like move it around. Give me like a, a, a like a working example if you, if you could.
1: So, um, so I mean with lightning, for you for me to send a coin to UQ, yeah, you, you we we would have to be connected in some way, and that doesn't mean you know we could be connected directly, or we could be connected through um, through like a third party
0: exchange or something or how? Yes, yeah, so even
1: connected. So. so so yeah, so um, it's kind of like when you're dealing with a peer-to-peer network, it's like we literally would be um, like have an open connection on these nodes that we're using to transact with each other, and that connection would have to be funded. And I don't want to go too much in the mechanics of it, but essentially, like we when I if I wanted to send money to UQ, mm-hmm. I might have to go through five other people, where they essentially, I you know. It, it, the transaction goes and it, it, let's just say you're connected to George right. and uh, you know George is connected to me I would when I send the transaction it would essentially be saying hey George if you pay Q $5 I'll, I'll reimburse you $5
0: <laughs> you serious
1: yeah and so that,
0: this is the lightning network right yeah so so it's everyone on the lightning network couldn't could transact basically you're saying
1: yeah and So.
0: They're connected by the Lightning Network, so that's already the connection, so they can just go, as you say, peer to peer, right? Yeah. Okay, so how do you get connected to the Lightning Network? By just owning Lightning, or how?
1: So there's a lot of apps now that make it really simple, where you just go on this app, you send Bitcoin, and then it instantly now becomes Lightning.
0: Okay, okay, so that's Cash App, then?
1: Yeah, Cash App. So so when we use Cash App and send Bitcoin, we're using the Lightning Network, right? So, I, you have both options. You use both normal Bitcoin and Lightning, and they're trying to they're just starting to implement Lightning, the right. Lightning network, so now you can also send through Lightning. And it's simple it's it's, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. The only difference is that they label instead of Bitcoin, they label it in Bitcoin, they label it in sats or, or short for Satoshi. Ah.
0: And so now sats, uh, right?
1: Sats. Yeah. <laughs> and there's 100 million sats in a Bitcoin. So uh, if you remember Q, I think I told you about this. 100
0: million Satoshi. Yeah, Sat- it one, yeah, 100 million, correct. 100 yeah. million Satoshis in, um, to one Bitcoin.
1: Yeah, and uh, so it's, I mean the beautiful, the beauty of, of the Lightning Network too is that it's rebranding Bitcoin as Sat- Satoshis. Mm-hmm. And I think that's super important because uh, no, you know, everyone always, the, the common misconception correct. is someone says, how can I have a fraction of a Bitcoin? A lot of people don't correct. think they can have a fraction.
0: Correct, you're 100% right, you know what? I, Jesus, my God. I'll tell you something. When I was learning about Bitcoin, what, eight years ago? Yeah. My bro, I learned about Bitcoin after reading, you know, like a whole bunch of books or whatever like this and stuff, Bitcoin, Ethereum, all this blockchain. And I was telling everybody, yo, buy Bitcoin, take your money and buy Bitcoin. It was $7,500 at a time, $7,500. Yeah. Everybody asked me, so did you buy Bitcoin? I was like, bro, I didn't have enough money. <laughs> I was thinking I had to buy one Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah. I never bought the bloody Bitcoin. So, all what I learned about Bitcoin, listen to that. So, I learned a lot about Bitcoin and I didn't realize I could buy, you know, like whatever I wanted in the Bitcoin. I thought I had to buy at least one Bitcoin for it to make any sense. Yeah. And that's really, really wrong. That's extremely wrong. You know, the same way somebody can spend. You know, $20 to buy some buy some crypto, you could spend $20 to buy some Bitcoin. Yep. 20 bucks to buy some Bitcoin. I just didn't think that it would make sense, bro. It's like, how you can You spend $20 to buy Bitcoin when the Bitcoin is like, what, forty, fifty thousand dollars 50000 It's like, you're not buying any Bitcoin. You're buying something else. And, yeah, it's just like, you know, you can't afford a whole dollar. Okay, you could, you know, maybe you get a $0.50 cents or $0.10, cents, 20 you know, uh, Exactly like this, no?
1: Yeah, exactly. But now
0: it's broken out. It says a hundred million, so somebody can literally buy what? Like how? Uh, all right, a hundred million of like what's Bitcoin now? Thirty. I think thirty eight around thirty-eight thousand. Okay, so a hundred million, um, you know, divided into thirty-eight thousand is like what is that? How much? What's like what couple cents? So def- not even right, like less than a cent.
1: So Satoshi at that point is like, is like 3% um, of a penny. 3% of a penny. Yeah. So, my God. So, and and, and, <laughs> and, and and so by the way, this is the beauty.
0: And that's why Bitcoin can go so bloody high. Because yeah. it can be, you know, broken down so many times. You can't break down a dollar into a million. Like, what are you going to, yeah.
1: um, um, how do you spend that? It, th- yeah, exactly. This is, the, this is the beauty of it, is that bitcoin people there's a common misconception that bitcoin is is too high in price too but, high wow but it's not high enough if it's going to be 21
0: 21 million bitcoin and then you have a hundred million times 21 million how much is that like 21 trillion
1: yeah i mean it's it, it, you know there's it's so many different ways that we can like evaluate <laughs> bitcoin and uh you know i the the, the one thing i want to ask you do you know how many cuz I, I don't keep up with a lot of other coins but these other you know these other altcoins how much is their cap for the amount of coins that they're they're uh, generating what's their cap yeah like are they like bro the the i see caps like 4
0: billion right 4 billion mm-hmm. right market cap and then i see like 44 billion (laughs) but
1: but how much how much how many coins are they producing like what's their their uh, amount of coins that they have out in production on some of these oh my god bros!
0: more like actually they have they may have more like a lot of coins they may have like all right, if they have 44 billion in in circulation then they might have 100 billion total so 100 billion they might lock up you know what I'm saying like maybe I don't know what 20 billion 60 billion in, in either what um you know, to get staking, yeah. investments and stuff like that, and circulating supply is forty four billion and it's only you know what I'm saying, the market cap is like what, ten billion or some crap like that.
1: You know, it's it's see and, and the reason you know the reason I bring this up is because when people look at the price of Bitcoin and they say it's expensive, number one, they they have so so what's really expensive? I mean, so a lot of people we just have an emotional attachment to certain numbers, right? Mm-hmm. We look at you know, some people might look at the price of Bitcoin, thirty eight thousand and say that's my annual salary. That's and, and, and they they say my that's my annual salary Man. to get one Bitcoin and then they get you know, it confuses them. They get discouraged. They're like,
0: or oh, they can't buy one Bitcoin. Now.
1: Yeah, yeah. And you know, now when we're pricing it in Satoshis, now we're talking about like one Satoshi's three percent of a penny. You know, and that's like so that's like point zero 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 three so or something like that. I mean the
0: the poorest person in 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 the um, the worst economy can still afford Bitcoin.
1: Yeah, exactly. And mm-hmm. that's and that's that's the beauty of it, is that when, when things start getting priced in SATs, which it will, because Lightning is remarketing Bitcoin as Satoshis, right. people are gonna really realize how cheap Bitcoin they is. They may not
0: even realize they're using Bitcoin. They're just like, oh, I, I'm, I'm using SATs, and not know that it's just a denomination.
1: That's so true. I, I a lot of people are not even gonna realize. They're gonna think that this is a new altcoin. Exactly. And and I think it's a great thing that they're <laughs> going to rebrand it as Satoshi's I've yeah. been, I, I thought about it but then when I really got into the Bitcoin community they're already doing this they've been on it they they know this is the way the, the way to the move things you know right. And uh, it's a really beautiful thing to see because I think people don't realize just how cheap Bitcoin is right now hmm. it's so it's still so cheap we're still so early on Yeah yeah And uh, it, it's like this is,
0: that's not why what are you what are you using to say or gauge the the say the 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 inexpensiveness of, of Bitcoin, right? Because when you say that, you know, it's like yeah. people saying, "How the hell are you saying this?" So are you like a, a gazillionaire? You're talking about Bitcoin is so cheap. Why? Why? What's the logic you using to say Bitcoin is so cheap?
1: You know, I um, I, I I number one, the big comparison the Bitcoin before was was gold, but now I'm just looking at it as a global currency, mm-hmm. and I really look at it like. I, I try to look at it really simply in that, what if we were to divide 21 million Bitcoin amongst amongst the 8 billion people in the world? You know, and, yeah. uh, and, and if you really think about it, it's like if you can get that amount of Bitcoin right now, I mean, that's, that's, uh, that's what, that's not, I mean, that's, let me think, like, that's, yeah, it's like not that much Bitcoin to accumulate right now, and then if you can accumulate more than that, then you're ahead of the game. And now, now, now you're gonna be.
0: When you say to distribute to twenty-one um, to eight billion people in the world, yeah, yeah, the twenty-one million um, in the, you know, looking at it from the standpoint of like a hundred million satoshis in one bitcoin, right? Yeah. You mean like if there'll be enough for everyone in the world?
1: Yeah, yeah, there, there, there will be enough. But I guess what I'm saying is that if we were to look at that dish, an even distribution right now, right? And you were to say like, okay, like that's not that much Bitcoin. Like you can buy that. Like I'm, I I I can't do the calculations in my head right now, but it, it's not that much. It's you know, it's like if you could buy even a fraction of a like Bitcoin, you're you're ahead of the game. But it's like right. if, you, if you can accumulate a Bitcoin, like a full Bitcoin, now you're like the top one percent of like wealth, or, uh, of of wealth, top point one percent. You know, because if if we all start transacting in Bitcoin at some point then all of a sudden like and you can get your hands on a little bit more you know more than that, more than that even distribution, then now now you're now you're you're wealthy. Now you're in the top you know, the top wealth of the world. Right. And uh, you know and so, so Justin,
0: you're saying, okay, I don't mean to cut you off, I'm just trying to wrap my head around it, okay? Yeah. So you're saying if you could get at least one Bitcoin. Yeah? Yeah. And if it becomes a global currency, which you know, everybody. Every bank was saying, "Stay away from Bitcoin. Don't use it." Everybody talking about Bitcoin in a bad way. You know, the big institutions, but all of them secretly buying it up, using it, and adopting Bitcoin. So it looks like it's definitely headed in that direction, or you know, what I'm saying something close to that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. In fact, let's let's also even remember that the U.S. government's now one of the biggest Bitcoin holders. They are. Yeah, because they they uh, they. Caught, I think they got a lot of that Bitcoin back from that scam that happened on, Bit, uh, what was it, uh, Mt. Gox.
0: Mt. Gox, okay.
1: Or I, 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 yeah, those, they've recovered a lot of that Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. And my understanding is that they're still holding, that they're still holding a lot of these this Bitcoin. I remember the government auctioned off Bitcoin at one point. Huh? They did, and that's why I'm, I'm cautious to say that I, I know that they're really holding, because I know that they did auction it off. I don't know if they plan on auctioning this all. We don't know how all? much
0: they really, you know, well I don't know exactly how much they auctioned off and kept or whatever the case was. But there's, there's, there's never going to be 21 million Bitcoin, right? Because so many people lost Bitcoin. They gave it away, they bought it, and then they now don't have it. So, I mean, would it... I mean, it may have produced 21 million Bitcoin, but I don't think there would ever be like 21 million Bitcoin, you know, available to everyone on the planet right yeah because we have a lot of Bitcoin that's lost and that will
1: never be regained yeah
0: yes exactly
1: it's it's a nice little uh redistribution of wealth
0: yeah now you know I was thinking about something huh I was you um you heard about quantum computing yes now they say if you have a quantum computer this could possibly be able to hack the two factor authentication codes and all the stuff and Hack people's accounts and steal crypto, yeah.
1: So, that's, I'm not that's saying it's hundred
0: percent yet but I'm saying is that like, you heard about
1: anything like that? Yeah, absolutely. That's that's been a common fear as being the one way that you could hack Bitcoin.
0: Because, uh, because right. quantum computing.
1: Because, because you know, like, like just to give a little understanding about how Bitcoin works, it's like you have this, you know, you have this key to access your Bitcoin, this private key. And it's a 64 i believe it yeah 64 digit hexadecimal um like code it's 64
0: 128.
1: um i think it's 64. Oh, okay and then hex you know hexadecimal um yeah i believe it's 64. i yeah. I, I could be oh, right i i
0: know it's talking about a Shaw Shaw shark
1: something with the Shaw. yeah Shaw two. They use shoot 256 in different like in, in, you know is it uh, the way the way that so you know, you have this key and then you use I think SHA-256 and some other stuff to basically you know and, and by, I, I knew a lot of this stuff but I, I, I constantly I, forget I,
0: I swear to God I forgot yeah. a lot okay so but whatever listen I'm yeah. not an expert this is not financial advice do yeah. not listen to me this is just behind the barber chair talk okay
1: so, so so you have this code and it accesses your Bitcoin you basically derive your Bitcoin address from that 64 digit key you, you could, you could in, in fact, we could right now come up with a random 64-digit key, you and Miku, right. yeah. do some calculations on it with a computer, of course, mm-hmm. and then now we have a Bitcoin address, and then I could send to that Bitcoin address. We never even put that thing into a wallet, and then you could use that key at any time to get that coin. Hmm. So wow,
0: so uh, a quantum computer could just go through all of the variables in, what, a minute, a couple
1: hours, and just like get keys, no? See, Exactly, but see, we would think that you know, even with the quantum computer, which can d- try so many keys at one time, it's still a very it, there's still a very wide variety of of possible keys out there. There's like, I, I don't know the exact number, but I think if you take two to the power of two fifty six, you know, exponent two fifty six, you no know, millions or whatever like this. It's, so it's many, like like a number. It's not. Like, it's way way over trillions. Like okay, it's okay. like a number that like I don't even know the name for it. Like I, okay. I've read it before, but okay. so now that's the amount of possible private keys. So it would actually be extremely hard for. Let's just say we have a supercomputer right now. It would be like still impossible at the w- at, th- at today's rate of computing. But that's to right find now. Something. So
0: okay. So then, well, this is if I guess this is if only you know quantum computing comes out by say say all right say. You know, everybody talking about Russia gonna do something with Bitcoin and make it crash and all that stuff. Um, say if Russia was to get the first quantum computer running well they
1: could potentially maybe steal people's Bitcoin right? I think so I think they do have quantum computers right now I think the level they would have to evolve to a point to that point but then now we could in, in a way indefinitely. You could
0: use quantum computing to protect the Bitcoin as well. Uh, uh, you know, I didn't think about that. Yeah, because, that's, I mean, the same way that you use it to hack it, if you use quantum computing to actually create, uh, instead of 64 or 64 um, hexadecimal code, you have 100 a, a and or 500 yeah. hexadecimal code now. So, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's just in the, it's the same way. Like, if I have um, a bulletproof vest, you have bullet, armor-piercing bullets. You know what I'm saying? So, you have, like, everything for a counter or counter for everything, yeah?
1: There's actually an even simpler way right now. So there's something that people use, they're they're becoming more common, called a multi-sig signature wallet, multi-sig wallet. Mm,
0: I heard about that,
1: yeah. And essentially that means that instead of just having one key, you have three keys, and you need two out of those three keys to access the Bitcoin. Mm. So we could actually, right now at this moment, start building these multi-signature wallets that require many more keys mm. to access the Bitcoin. Okay. And then at, at that point, we have literally exponentially increased the the security. safe the security of Bitcoin right now. And okay. we can theoretically just do that right now. Right now and always stay ahead of quantum computers.
0: Okay. So let's one more thing for quantum computers. Say somebody have a quantum computer is it possible you can use a quantum computer to try to find lost Bitcoin? So we, you're not potentially stealing it from anyone. You could, maybe people will come and say, hey bro, I had a, a computer like this back on, and they give them a date, they give them some account number, some kind of thread of evidence to, to investigate back. You know, like yeah, yeah. Um, 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 reverse engineering, right? Yeah. And they give them something and say, could you use a quantum computer to try to recover the Bitcoin
1: I bought when I was 15. So that's an interesting question. Um, I haven't thought about that too much, but what I will say is that the because the Bitcoin address is derived from the private key, mm-hmm. there's nothing in that derived address that would give a clue to wh- how the, what, what the private key could have been. And because of that, it would still be like, I, I think that you would still be throwing shots like like dark, you know, darts. Yeah, in the dark.
0: <laughs> Okay, cool.
1: So, um, I mean, I will tell you there is cool tools if anyone was ever interested. There are cool tools mm-hmm. for if you lost your private keys. It can actually scan your hard drive and look for private keys. Uh, even if you wiped your hard drive, it could scan and look for data that was not wiped, that was not overridden, and look for private keys. It's really cool. There's actually... You know, and uh, there is ways of recovering Bitcoin possibly if you ever did corrupt your wallet. That's actually something I wrote some code for recently myself because we had a corrupted wallet mm-hmm. and I was actually able to go in and find keys from this corrupted wallet wow. and get some Bitcoin off. Wow. And, you know, to a lot of people, they would have thought my wallet's corrupted, it's over. And, uh, you know, there there is there is methods okay. of, of scanning your own devices for private keys. I mean, essentially, you could even maybe... You know, plug in several hard old hard drives and say, I'm gonna scan them and see if I could find any trace of my old private key.
0: Oh shit. So right now you're saying people could go to and get old computers and just scan hard drives and looking for Bitcoin? Yes. Keys?
1: Yeah, that that, that is. A okay, thing.
0: that's not a bad you know. Instead people trying to like take computers and take the copper and the gold and the silver out of the computer look for the bloody Bitcoin. Yeah, exactly. Look for the keys, the Bitcoin keys. I think that will work a little bit more than the copper. No,
1: exactly. And th- and you're bringing up a great point Q because look for many years, I've been a big ad- advocate of do not, you do not sell a computer uh, or do anything, throw away your computer until <laughs> you have not just wiped your hard drive, overridden it with information. <laughs> See, a lot of people uh, are unaware of this, but when you delete a file on a computer, you are just deleting the link to that information that information is still there and can be recovered <laughs> if you if you reinstall windows on your hard drive before you sell it mm-hmm. you th- th- there is still your data sitting on there and the right person could go through and find those traces of data and rebuild your files and potentially your private keys so you know i always say you know when it comes to hacking and it comes to this stuff there has to be an incentive mm-hmm. right people don't just hack just uh, for
0: ha- well, for they do hack for hacking's sake. Just for yeah. the experience, the education. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then after they, maybe they realize they could do it, then they may do some other nefarious things if, you know, maybe they need harder for money or something. But
1: uh, Absolutely. I think it's
0: always started off with curiosity. I don't think anybody starts to hack to say, oh, I want to make money. Well, maybe some people. I, <laughs> I, I,
1: mean, I, I Honestly, I was hacking when I was 13 to kick people off Xbox <laughs> Live. <laughs> So I was, I was for me, I was the, I was like a, like I was doing it, and I was like not trying to harm anyone in any serious way. I was just right. a kid. So that's how a lot of hackers start off. They start Correct. off as kids. This, You're absolutely right. Just playing around,
0: playing around. Like I, I'm not gonna lie, I was playing around with, with you know a little bit of hacking too. This um, sub 7 you remember, right? Yeah, the yeah. You told me about seven. that. So,
1: so, so uh, but but what's in? So you know what's going on now is that now there is much more of an incentive to hack people oh, because of bitcoin yeah. Man, Bef-
0: you, could be a, you could become a billionaire hacking now
1: it's so it, it, it's yeah like what you brought up right now such a valuable thing you know i used to be worried about people going through my hard drives you know people sometimes would go to the recycling center where they used to put right. a lot of computers they could go through hard drives now before you know people might have been looking for other sensitive information people held on their hard drives now you could find someone's Private, you know, private keys and potentially steal millions of dollars.
0: And then, so okay, listen to this now. Someone have private keys on their computer. They which, they thought that they erased so it got corrupt. Um, their computer, their hard drive got wiped out or whatever the case was. Yeah. And um, then they take the computer. It's, it's outdated, slow, old. And they say, okay, they get rid of it.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: like yeah it's so you you can't get rid of none of your computers now because I mean you know
1: yeah I mean I, I, I honestly I, it's best practice to just hold on to your hard drive, overwrite it through like you know seven times of information wow. like Department of Defense standards and then just break that thing with a mallet at that point. <laughs> And then, and then if you have a, a solid state drive, which is becoming, you know, it's much more popular today. Yeah. There's actually a way you have to, a special way you have to flash it. You have to use some, there's different ways for different hard drives, but you mm-hmm. can, you can wipe the thing like instantly, but you have to do it a certain way. Mm. Interesting.
0: Okay. Well, I actually paused the recording because I, you know, I was shaping up by your mouth and I didn't want to stop you from talking, going back and forth, but the conversation didn't stop and I really wish we kept recording, but um, whatever. Anyway, so, we were just talking about being, um, being a Bitcoin maximalist and what, like a toxic maximalist and a positive maximalist. I didn't know there were so many labels, but I guess it kind of makes sense. Um, I was saying I didn't look at myself as a Bitcoin maximalist because I'm not killing every other coin. And the majority of maximalists, I can't say I didn't I spoke to every Bitcoin maximalist, but the majority of maximalists I spoke to, spoken to, they always say there's no other coin. Bitcoin is the only one and every other coin is a shit coin. You know, um, that I just say I, I I can't say that. I can't because I don't know I'm not the end-all be-all I don't I can't say Bitcoin is end-all be-all whatever I know it's the first or one of the first cryptos is one of the most secure ones the most trusted I know it is almost impossible to be hacked or cracked and broken right now um, so it definitely is the premier coin okay it is the premier coin I mean hands-down it's the premier coin but I can't say it's the only that's going to be here in a in hundred years or in whatever, 20 years and stuff like that because we're still at the beginning stage. We're still at the beginning stage. And what you just said, I think, I don't know if we recorded it, um, but you said Bitcoin could learn from other coins. I think Bitcoin is learning from other coins and it's the Bitcoin community. It's the nodes, the people that run the nodes. That's learning from other coins and implementing new stuff with Bitcoin.
1: Yes or no? Yeah. I mean that's, I mean, look, I don't know enough about other coins to ever be able to say just yet what what is or what should be, right now, I focus primarily on Bitcoin and I, I'm on Bitcoin only. Our company's Bitcoin only, but at okay. the, but it's the way I see it is that um, these some of these other coins we see different things happening, good and bad that we can learn from. Mm-hmm. For and, and and a good example of that is uh, you know proof of stake. Uh, it, it's interesting it's a really good use case to see how proof of stake is working with other people because a lot of people in the Bitcoin community see proof of stake as insecure and based on the limited understanding I have I can kind of understand why that yeah. what, what, you know it's and uh, we're seeing these other coins implement it but just now, just now we already we start I didn't mean
0: to cut you but we started talking now about proof of stake um, yeah. you know we kind of assuming everyone knows what the hell we're talking about.
1: Okay, so proof of stake is right now in Bitcoin. The way that you mine Bitcoin or process transactions is through proof of work. Right. And with proof of work, you essentially use um, specialized computers mm-hmm. that run <laughs> like gaming computers. Uh, gaming like powerful gaming computers. Well, gaming computers. That's more like that. so for Bitcoin. They use more what they call ASICs, which are just their special computers that where their CPU is meant to, to work on the Bitcoin, the algorithms necessary to mine Bitcoin. Mm. So, gaming computers can mine more so like Ethereum and like uh, these other okay, coins. Okay, okay, They all use different algorithms. Okay. And the algorithms, uh, gaming computers, their, their video cards it's are, video card. are cards, able right? to mine the algorithms for other coins. But for Bitcoin, it's like they use these specialized devices that are literally made just for Bitcoin. Okay. And they, they, solve random al- like you know, mathematical equations to, uh, to essentially help build a block of Bitcoin and add it to the blockchain. Now, so, okay,
0: so basically proof of stake is using the actual coin that you're going to stake. So you, you get the, the, the crypto, right? Yeah. You stake it with a node, and yeah. this node uses your stake coin to run and solve the problems
1: yeah so essentially you get almost like a you know and by the way this is my limited understanding of it you get like you you stake your coin like you said and based on how much coin you staked mm-hmm. you get like like you get like a higher probability of winning the the, the mining reward the, and, yeah, and and yeah. helping process these transactions yeah, um, like you'll
0: get more you'll get more rewards with the highest staking amount that you have yeah yeah well, that's kind of obvious, yeah. Kind of yeah. like invest in and everything like that. You get more rewards with the more money you put in, yeah.
1: Yeah, and think when you think stake, think like a like an old you know CD account, like a, um, mm. you know, and essentially, uh, I mean, not you know not really because I'm pretty sure you can pull out a lot of staked coins. There are there are coins where they are, at, you know, asking you to stake for periods of time so you yeah, can get well more then, of a reward. Correct. Correct. I mean, some some coins you have to leave it in for like a year,
0: six months, two years whatever the case is, that's a kind of long time, you know? Yeah. But that kind of helps as well too, because anybody that misbehaves or, you know, does stuff that's not, you know, like kosher or whatever, um, they can penalize them by taking away some of the stake coin, yeah?
1: Yeah. So the kind of the theory about the insecurity comes from the fact that it's much easier for someone to purchase a large amount of a coin, stake it, and take over the network. Because mm. the people who are, you know, mining these transactions, whether through proof of work or proof of stake, have control. That's my understanding. I might be, I might be wrong, but that's, like, some of the theories I hear is that it's more insecure because it requires uh, less of a barrier of entry for a bad actor to come in and take over the coin.
0: I guess it, it depends on the, on the actual, um, how that project is run. Because, um, like, if it's fully decentralized... I know some some like Cardano. Cardano is you know quote unquote fully decentralized. Yes, I think it's one of the most decentralized crypto in the world. Yeah, I believe whatever. Okay, this again, this is not financial advice and all that stuff. This is my limited understanding and knowledge. Okay, behind the barber chair talk. So, say Cardano is one of the most whatever, or one of the most. I think um, Bitcoin too. Bitcoin is 100% decentralized. Everyone is coming after the decentralization factor that Bitcoin has. So right now Cardano is one of them, right? So okay, if it is so much decentralized and they're going after proof of stake, they're using proof of stake as well. Yeah. We didn't hear anything with, I think it's still like almost, okay. to. So to hack the Cardano network, maybe about I think eight months ago, it would cost how many billions of dollars to hack that network, right? To get more than 51% control, right? So at the time they were saying it was like something, whatever amount of billions of dollars. But then even if you sold all of it, the price of Cardano you wouldn't even make that money back. You would actually lose money hacking it. Yeah. So it wouldn't make sense because it's already it's so decentralized. To get that many uh, um, get that many nodes to get control of it is and I think Bitcoin is even worse. It's even more.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, I, I'm not too sure uh, that much about Cardano. Um, and I'm not fully sure about how the proof of stake works as far as your contr- ability to control. Um, what I can speak on is that with Bitcoin, the decentralization occurs because, you know, you have nodes, like Bitcoin nodes, uh, confirming transactions, and then you have miners Essentially, creating these blocks and adding into the blockchain, mm-hmm. and so you have uh, anyone can run a node, and you know, like you literally running a Bitcoin node is simply downloading a full copy of the blockchain. Correct. So when you have an app on your wallet, mm-hmm. you're usually using like a someone else's node or a partial blockchain. Like you're not, you know, you you don't have enough memory on your phone to download the whole blockchain, but if you have a, a computer with with a big enough hard drive. You can download the Bitcoin Core wallet today and be running a full node. Wow. And that hel- that helps you, helps the network. To protect itself. To protect itself. Correct. And the, 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 the nodes protect the network. The miners are separate. You have this kind of circle. It's almost, mm. if I had to even compare it to something, it, I almost feel like in a way like, and this isn't the best comparison, but it's almost like how we have like, balance, you know, the the che- balance of uh, checks and powers, you know, with the U.S. government. Mm-hmm. Where checks and balances. Checks and balances. Where, you know, the nodes and the miners Correct. all kind of check each other. Correct. Then there's the software devs, where the software devs, essentially, they make the software that the nodes are running. Mm-hmm. So now, all of a sudden, they have a little bit of power in what goes through because they, you know, they almost like, in a way... Um, like yeah, like in a way, like they're like an, uh, the branch that kind of essentially pushes through the big changes. The Bitcoin, because they're writing the code that the nodes have to run to push mm-hmm. that change through. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, the miners can can veto stuff by saying we're just not going to mine blocks with those transactions in it that we don't like.
0: Okay.
1: So it's kind of like this. It, it's 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 a, it's more decentralized than what you know. Maybe proof of stake could be based on what I know about it, because you now instead of having the you could just buying a bunch of coin and being able to idly like passively be able to make decisions, mm-hmm. you got to either be a miner and that's a, that's a tough task. You got to have uh, the right equipment. You got to have uh, the cheap electricity, or you got to be a node operator, which you got to have a lot of nodes, a lot of different full nodes being run. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, or you got to be a software dev where you know to get. To get onto this, you know, to be a software dev on Bitcoin, like you're talking, like you got to be very active in the community and be producing really good code. You know, it's there's a big barrier of entry to that. And what, the thing that always kind of concerns me, I guess, with proof of stake is that what if some of these governments, which they already are, have accumulated a lot of Bitcoin, right. you know, what if they want to attack the network? What, what, yeah. um, you know, meanwhile, right now with like miners and nodes, we have miners and nodes all over the world. You know, we have. We have yeah, there is a lot of mining power in China, but we have a lot of mining power coming to the U.S. A lot of mining power just spread out, and that's a beautiful thing. that We have almost have the whole world in a consensus, and uh, you know it's much more difficult for one actor, one government agency to just come in and take over to um, so, to crush Bitcoin. Yeah, right. I mean I mean there's still like anything's possible, but right. it's it's that, you know proof it's of stake. It's not
0: very probable.
1: Yeah. Proof of stake, there's interesting things I'm seeing with proof of stake. And I've and, and I've heard very limited arguments, but one of the you know one of the things that kind of is concerning is the idea that people are coming into some of these coins and they're they're buying a lot, staking it for however many years, and the coins going up, of course, because people are locking up their coin, they're mm-hmm. staking their coin, but in a way, like what if, you know. If, if this coin doesn't have a use case, and it it, it kind of seems like a little bit like a, a like a Ponzi scheme mm-hmm. in a way, like it's it's a little bit, you know, like what if people want to pull out their profits, mm-hmm. and uh, and their, their you know their coin their you know all of a sudden people start, you know, let's just say maybe someone's a lot of people staked coin tip this year, right, and then that stake maybe comes up a few years from now, and then all those people want to sell. And then some other people have staked coin for 10 years, 20 years. Like what, you know, if there's no use case- right. at, at the time, point, at
0: the time, right? At the time you you say like, um, everyone's stake for a number of years, at the time you're ready to pull it out or whatever, they may not be the use case for you to even sell it, you're saying.
1: Yeah, I mean like, I mean, yeah, p- maybe people could sell it, they'll be on exchanges, but right. at some point if this thing doesn't have like a, a, fu- a fundamental A, a good value, utility. Yeah, because you know, right now people, people are staking coin because we have a lot of money flowing around in the economy. Well, my bro, listen, NFTs is now starting to hit and
0: become popular. So you think they would incorporate the like use case of with different cryptos with now more NFTs and different stuff with NFTs and just kind of like building the whole ecosystem.
1: That, I mean, that's that's a possibility. What if, let's just say this coin that maybe had no utility before says, well, you know, some people start publishing very popular NFTs on that blockchain. Now then, it becomes you know what I'm saying? Yeah? Yeah. That I mean that's that's a possibility. You know, the thing I always get concerned of is I think back to how markets have you know, we have when we have cycles in the markets correct, and we had the correct. depression. You know, if we have a cycle in the next few years, which we likely are too because they're raising mm-hmm. rates, yeah, and people say, Well, shit, I want to pull out my uh, my coin, I wanna pull out my my hex coin, and uh, you know I need that money right now to pay the bills. Everyone's locked up. The people that aren't locked up sell and crash the price, and then now the people who are locked up have coin locked up in, in some coin that's now worthless. Correct. And uh, you know that's the, that's the, the the thing. You know, like Bitcoin. The big argument for Bitcoin was that it was a store of value for a long time, right? It was almost like you were kind of staking it away. They're in a way. still saying it's only yeah. a store
0: of value, but that's I guess that's the the people that's against um, the Bitcoin haters are saying it's only a store of value. Yeah. And you know, if it's only a store of value, then you might as well use gold as a store of value because gold, you could use gold to do this and gold is tangible and Bitcoin is not tangible. And you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's their thing with, you know, like using, you know, with like how we could actually use Bitcoin. Yeah. Like it's still, it's it's an intangible asset. It's not a real asset. You know? it's, Right
1: now it's, it's kind of more real than money. It's, it's, it's becoming beautiful because now that Bitcoin's starting to be really transacted in El Salvador, uh, that city, Lugano, was it Lugano in Switzerland, said they're going to start paying taxes in Bitcoin uh, Bitcoin. Like now that it's starting to have these use cases, it really is switching now to have some utility. And with and it's just really great that some of these apps are making it easy for people to use. So like even like Cash App now, mm-hmm. I, I give them a lot of props for making uh, Lightning and easy to things to transact. Um, you know, it's like some of these apps. What they're doing now, I, like the Venmos, the Cash Apps, they're all figuring out that they should essentially use their kind of tiered, like their peer-to-peer sending, like a transacting of money. Their connection. Their, their connection. They're now. Their connected network of people. They're now switching at the lightning. And Strike, you know, I still, I, I still need to learn a lot more about Strike, but what Strike is kind of doing is Strike is kind of saying, they're trying to be like Venmo and Cash App, mm-hmm. where they're saying, let's do, make it simple to send money to people, transact back and forth. But they're trying to use Lightning, but mm-hmm. they're denominating things in U.S. dollars. So they're allowing people to kind of use Lightning without really even knowing they're using Lightning mm-hmm. in a way. Yeah, it and, and it's it's beautiful. I love it because like it's literally now uh, they're easing people on to to Lightning, onto onto the network. Right. They're making it so easy. They're saying, look, you could go on here. You, know, for instance, I could have Strike. You, you have mm-hmm. Strike. I have lightning on there. I have my Bitcoin. I could send it to you, and you could choose to just accept it as U.S. dollars or accept it as lightning. Wow. Okay. And then you could send it back. Like I, we could go back between U.S. dollars and lightning very easily. And it's it, it, and then now it, it comes down to uh, people can be transacting with lightning to someone who doesn't really want to transact with lightning and just wants U.S. dollars, and it's just Correct. up to you, whatever you want. Correct. And because of that it's now giving Bitcoin this beautiful utility. It's, you know, I think what George always says is the network effects where Bitcoin already had the biggest network, the biggest people, and then now it's being the first to be implemented as currency and transacted. Yep. And, uh, you know, it's like El Salvador accepting, uh, you know, switching on to Bitcoin Lightning was a a big thing. I mean, we're going to see how that plays out. I heard Mexico was trying to introduce, they're trying to introduce a bill. There's... Wow, there's different different people are gonna follow on, and uh, you know, it's just gonna keep growing, man. I think it's just gonna keep growing. Sometimes, you know, I mean, I always say too. I mean, it's not always who's the first, who's the best. It's never always who's the first. But the beauty with Bitcoin is that because it's not centralized, we have accumulation. We have like a synergy of the world on it, you know. It's not like uh, MySpace or Facebook where there was one, there was one captain behind mm-hmm. there, and we had to rely on them to perform. Right. It's like with Bitcoin, we have a like a, a deep, a deeper consensus, you know. Yes. And uh, you know, with these other coins, like yeah, that is a little concerning sometimes when I hear about coins that are really kind of run by one person. hmm You know, like um, you have to trust this person. I mean, I I see that right now. I'll be honest, I see that with Hex. I still, I'm still, my opinion is still. On the edge with uh, with the guy who's running Hex, but I do see that there's a very deep following, and I see that it's not just it's not really the, a following in Hex. It's a following in in their leader, mm. and we have to hope. We, I think we have to hope he's benevolent, right? Right, and like that's that's a hard thing. We, as I don't, we know,
0: yeah, I hate that. I don't want to hope. I don't want to hope anything with anybody.
1: Yep, exactly. You know, I don't
0: want to hope anything with anyone
1: because that defeats the purpose of Bitcoin and yes. I mean of all these cryptos.
0: So yeah, so we're gonna wrap it up now. Maybe it's kind of uh, we got interrupted. Somebody knocked on my door just now and asking me for, you know, census information. Um, so Nick, you could tell everyone or say what's what's your website? How they can get more um, information or they can actually purchase these cards. So.
1: Yeah, so you if you can go on our website, which is coindebit.io, and you could actually generate a virtual card right now if you want to. For the physical cards, we're in beta, and they're going to be sold online and also in stores within the next six months. But uh, if you are interested in being a beta tester, you can actually contact email us on our website. Or follow us on Coin Underscore Debit on Twitter, and I'd be happy to personally send cards to you so that you could start using them. Yeah, hundred
0: percent good. And you know, the couple cards you gave me, I'll just give them out as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm gonna give you a whole <laughs> you know, stack you, here. Yeah, give me some more. I'll I'll, I'll I'll pass them out. You know, I'm gonna use I'm gonna use some Bitcoin too. What am you to I gotta say, okay, I bought this with Bitcoin. I gotta use it. I'm gonna make a video when I actually use it to to purchase something with Bitcoin. To, and I'll be like, okay, so people talk and say you can't really use Bitcoin to buy small stuff. Here I'm going to use some Bitcoin to buy uh, what a shake, you know, one of my lunch meals or whatever like that. Yeah. Yeah. Just like that. Bitcoin, baby. So, oh, we was talking a little bit about. Yeah, yeah, I'm starting again. Yeah, yeah, let's, 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 let's clip it. <laughs> yeah, let's cut, cut, cut. That's it for today. It was great. So we were talking today um, from behind the barber chair. Stuff, you know, we normally talk about in the barbershop. Psychology, relationship, health, wealth, you know. Good, bad, and the ugly. Yeah? yeah? Everything under the sun. Yeah. You know, so. All right, that was it for the day. And it was a great talk. Good recording. See you next time, Nick. Yep.